Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. This is John Burke. With me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. And how are you guys doing today? Tired. How come? Well, I've been up for a normal amount of time and had what should have been a two and a half hour test. I got it done in an hour and I was just glad to get the pass. So Nice. Yes. So that makes me tired. Oh. And after dinner tired. Got and it. it's hot. It is hot. Today Florida is hot. A very hot Florida type of humid day today. Um, but yeah, uh, I went last night um, and I got to see The Big Sick, uh, which is playing in Orlando right now. Um, went with our mutual friend of the show, Brendan. Um, I think I liked it a little more than Brendan. Brendan liked it, but I think I, I was, uh, I don't know, I felt like I connected to the characters quite a bit. And so I was, you know, a couple of teary moments, but also lots of good laughs. Uh, really enjoyed it. That's the Kamel Johnny Emily Gordon written film that stars uh, Kamel. Um, somewhat autobiographical, but uh, if, if it comes, it's supposed to be expanding farther, and I do recommend the movie. So my review is up on BerkReviews.com. And Corey will have, uh, by the time this podcast goes out, she'll have a review up of Silicon Valley Season 1, um, which is on HBO and streamable if you have HBO Go or HBO Now. So if you haven't seen that show yet, it might be a good um, opportunity to check out her review and decide if you want to watch it. Have you guys seen anything recently? Mm, actually, I haven't gone to the theater. We, uh, I know we debated going to Spider-Man the one night, but that just would have been really expensive because we had an extra person. Yep, yep. We ended up going the next night, actually. Um, I think, yeah. Uh, we went on Sunday night, which that was my second time seeing it, my family's first time seeing it, um, which... Mike, you um, accidentally ma- brought up a good point that we should talk about the summer movie challenge. Um, as our my all five of my movies are now in theaters, and oh, uh, yeah. I have taken a pretty substantial lead at the moment. But again, um, all five of mine are out. Uh, Corey has a big week next week with two of her movies coming out, and you have until August before your last two movies show up. So you still got plenty of room to earn some points. Oh. That's right, I only have two movies. They've just not done well so far. Correct. <laughs> um, and, uh, actually, I'm sorry, you have you have one coming out this week, War of the Planet of the Apes. Then next week, Dunkirk and Valerian comes out. So we'll know kind of where you stand right away. I'll tell you what, though. I tagged you on Facebook. I don't know if you saw Valerian right now. Is that like in? We don't use Rotten, to- Rotten Tomatoes, but the Rotten Tomatoes is 77. So uh, it means the Metacritic will probably be in the 60s, but that's still pretty, pretty strong. Um considering that uh my movies despicable me 3 which i was expecting in the 50s only hit 48 and the mummy which i was expecting in the 50s because of tom cruise only hit 34 so i i sold myself short on two uh but spider-man homecoming is doing very well and um this weekend made 257 million worldwide 120 or something uh in domestic um 
I was worried about Despicable Me 3, which is my number two pick, because um, it did really bad here in the States, but those minions brought people in overseas, and it's right now sitting at 447 million worldwide, um, so doing pretty well. But so is Pirates of the Caribbean, Corey. I don't know if you've seen recently, but Pirates worldwide is hitting 734 million worldwide, despite its very small box office domestic. Um, These people are coming out of the woodwork, man. They like, Thank you, Born Market. They like the pirates overseas. Um, so, Mike, you've got Dark Tower and Annabelle 2 left um, to, to earn you some points. Um, the Dark Tower trailers have been looking really good. And last I heard, Annabelle um, had a really high Rotten Tomato score, I think, already. from or It's something from test screenings. It's getting really positive uh, buzz from critics. Um, it is the same director that did Lights Out last year. Oh. And so uh, the rumor that I've heard from people who have seen it is that uh, he, he actually made a scary movie about this doll Annabelle. So um, it might do better than anticipated. Well, I hope it's just better than the first one because that movie was horrible. I will be watching that soon. I have not seen it, but I want to watch it before the sequel. Well, it's a prequel that's coming out. But, you know. Um, so right now in the Summer Movie Wager, I have quite the lead, but Corey has three movies left and... Two really big ones. War of the Planet of the Apes is right now, I think, trending at a higher Metacritic than every movie on our list, um, collectively. And uh, Dunkirk, I haven't looked, but the critics are starting to be allowed to post their reviews. Um, and I haven't looked to see if it's positive or negative. I'm kind of afraid. I want it to be so good, and I don't want to hear any negativity before I see it myself. And so I'm kind of hanging back and waiting, but... Um, we'll see you soon how those movies do. Um, anything to say, Mike? Oh, I just want to catch up now. <laughs> but that's a long... I mean, that's, that's all the numbers. They were way off. Yeah, but again, I, I don't have a whole... I mean, Spider-Man has legs, so depending on how he does over the next couple of weeks, the downside is he's flooded, you know, because we have War comes out... War of the Planet of the Apes comes out this week. Dunkirk next week with Valerian. So if Valerian ends up being a sleeper from the summer, um, it, it's going to take box office dollars away from Spider-Man. So it may not do as well as it could. Uh, if, if the numbers trend like it looks like, it could be $700 million, $800 million, um, But it could stop because of all these other movies that are following up immediately. The downside of coming out in the middle of the summer rather than early in the summer when there wasn't a whole lot to compete with. Um, but see what happens it is doing well and i'm, I'm happy because i have to say i saw it twice um i've actually seen three of the summer movies twice i saw alien covenant twice i saw baby driver twice and i saw um spider-man homecoming twice and um i i gotta say spider-man homecoming is uh is my favorite spider-man movie by far um tom holland is great and if you have ever been a fan of spider-man you owe it to yourself to check out this version of the character. It is pretty excellent, um, especially the inclusion into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is only promising to see where we'll go from here. So, um, all right. Any uh, Anything to add, guys? I think I'm good. Okay, well, then we'll get into our list or our topic for the week. Um, we're going to be covering our top five movie sequels. This week, in honor of the newest sequel to come out this summer, which there's been many, but War of the Planet of the Apes is coming out this Friday, as I mentioned. Um, we've also had Despicable Me 3, Cars 3, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Alien Covenant's a sequel, direct sequel to Prometheus. Um, 
you know, it's been a and Pirates of the Caribbean. How can I forget that? It's been a sequel heavy summer, um, which is not unusual. It happens quite often. Uh, but some of the sequels are not faring as well as we we had anticipated. Cars three, for example, has not done well for a summer Pixar movie. Um, hasn't bro- uh, broken over two hundred, I think, um, worldwide right now, and that's kind of troubling for me. Um, but uh, sequels like War of the Planet of the Apes look to be doing really well. So it, it, there is talk of sequel fatigue that sequels in, in general over the last se- several years have been trending down. So people are less likely to go see a sequel unless it's a franchise that they are really, really fond of, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but what do you guys how, – how do you feel about sequels? Do you guys think sequels are a good thing for a movie or do you think they are uh, detrimental? Sequels anymore just seemed like Hollywood's lazy cash grab. Um, the, the, the thing is, the success of certain sequels has almost made it like so that even if it shows some promise, well, anymore it's got to be a, a lot more than some promise. We're, we're going to get a whole series. And sometimes we don't need that series. Um, I'm of the opinion that The Matrix would have just been very fine being a single movie yeah that one for uh, sure. uh, there's there's sometimes we sometimes they overstay their welcome and not, not just sometimes a lot of times I'm, uh, I'm trying to think what have i seen have i watched any sequels i know i picked some for my list but I, i'm trying to think if I've, I've actually paid to see a sequel this summer because my sequel fatigue has been in I'll watch, I mean, I'll stream it, watch it, rent it, but I, I, I'm hesitant to give it box office. Did you see Guardians I, 2? Yes. Okay, so there's one. So and, there's one. And some people uh, some people have said it's not as good as the first. I've heard a few critics who have actually praised it as better than the first. Um, I think the consensus from fans is that it's not as good, but it's still really good. Uh, the Metacritic score shows that as well. It's sitting just a few, I think, like 10 points lower than um, the first one on Metacritic. But, uh, yeah, I I look doing research for this list uh, in particular. One, I found that some people don't know what a sequel is. Um, as far as, like, some of the lists that I saw, like, collective things. And then some weird, like, Wikipedia had a list of, like, every movie sequel. So it said. But then, like, um, Kung Fu Panda, right? Under the letter K, they had Kung Fu Panda 3, but not Kung Fu Panda 2. And I'm like, okay, so if this is a list of all of the sequels, how do you have a 3 and not include the 2? Like, that should be automatic, right? Like, if you're putting Kung Fu Panda 3, you have to realize there was a 2, right? I I, I figured you would research there, so I took that one out before you went to the list. Ah, okay. Got it. Uh, Corey, what, what about you? Do you like sequels or... Mm, I tend to uh, agree with uh, Mike's sentiment on that. Um, I think that I feel that way about Hollywood in general most of the time, um, where uh, they like just keep remaking movies or um, pumping out a lot of sequels. Um, but what? Nothing. And she's hearing voices already. I swear I heard John say something in the background. Nope. Although, now it sounds echoey all of a sudden. Hmm. 
technical difficulties. Yeah, I heard myself echo. Yeah, I don't know what just triggered that, but hmm. it's okay. Let's just keep going. Um, okay. So, just to to go, I used to be a person who actually um, I would walk out of a movie saying like, I hope they make a sequel. Um, as when I get into a character or when I get into um, a, a story, I often want more or I might have questions where not like questions like, well, I want to know this, that, but like what happens next? You know, that big question. And, and while I used to be that way for a long time, I, I can remember many movies where I'd walk out hoping for another version or I wanted to continue the adventure or the journey. Um, and most of the time, though, when they do that, I would be disappointed. Uh, Matrix is a great example because I think when The Matrix ended, I was so blown away by the, the style of the film and the, the story w it was intriguing and the whole premise um, of, you know, there being a, like a world within a world kind of thing. And I wanted more of the world. So when I heard they were going to do a sequel, I was, of course, excited because I loved the movie. I loved the characters. I loved the premise. I wanted to see more. But... <laughs> what they gave us was not what we wanted and more likely is because the story was over there was nowhere to go from there so yes i definitely agree more often than not sequels are going to fail and disappoint however sometimes sequels get it right and they they enhance or they ex uh, make the story better now some of those are planned from the get-go like they go in making the first movie knowing what they're going to do next and after that um, and sometimes it's it's luck. They just nail it the second time around. I mean, with music, Corey, I know you're going to be familiar with this too, and I, Mike, you probably are as well. I think anyone who's got any kind of uh, music background, there is the the myth of the sophomore slump. The second album is not going to be as good. What? And that can happen with the movies too, right? Like the second movie may not be as good, so maybe a third is better. Not always the case, right? But, you know, maybe. And then there are some franchises that have way more than just two or three they were hitting into like double digits almost with some of these so we've got a lot to pull from um we we didn't really define sequels other than it could not be a prequel it has to be a true sequel so it has to follow the first movie story it cannot go before the first movie hopefully that was seen by all um i know corey has been out of town for a few days so i'm not sure how uh up to date she was with the group chat but We'll see how the lists go today. Um, I'm going to be going first. Um, if you've never listened to the podcast before, the way it works is we come up with our topic in advance, we make our list, and then on the episode we reveal um, our list to each other, and sometimes we talk some trash, sometimes we don't. Um, sometimes we are upset with ourselves because how did we miss that? We'll see what happens today. Um, before we get into our list, Corey? Well, first I would like to say mostly it's just them picking on me, but spoiler warning, we will probably ruin some of these movies for you. If you would like to check out our list first, you can look at BerkReviews.com. Um, if you don't care about spoilers, full steam ahead. Either way, give us a listen. And as usual, we have to guess how many of Mike's movies on his list will we have seen. Um, sequels, and given the research that I did, I'm feeling pretty lucky. I'm going to go three. I'm going two. Corey went two. Okay. So I think I've seen three of Mike's movies, um, and if you, again, I'm going five. Oh, you've seen all five? That's crazy. Um, <gasps> if you haven't uh, listened to the episodes before, Mike has a tendency to pick movies Corey and I have never seen, um, and so we started making a, a mini game of it, um, and trying to guess 
how many of his movies on his list we will have seen based on the, the topic for the week. Um, I've seen quite a few sequels, and I found making my list to be a bit of a challenge. And um, I don't, it was one of the hardest parts was there were some that were obvious. And I kind of wanted to avoid the obvious. Um, so what I did, and this was not a rule, this was my own decision. Um, these are our top five sequels, but I didn't include any comic book films. Because uh, if you've listened to any of the past, past episodes, or if you've ever heard me, I'm a big fan of the comic book f films, even though so many people have gotten tired of them. Um, I could have easily made my whole list with comic book sequels. There's plenty of good ones. Um, I've left them all off. I also left off all the Star Wars films. Um, despite one of my favorite movies ever being Empire Strikes Back, um, which is a sequel which might be on one of their lists. Uh, but um, that's all I'll say. I left those off. Um, what I, The one franchise that I was really wanting to get on my list that I just couldn't remember specifically which sequel I liked, so I didn't, was the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, as I am a big fan of those movies, uh, not that they're great, I just always enjoyed them. But I couldn't remember which ones I really liked. It's been a long time since I've seen them. Um, I used to watch them all the time when I was in high school. And then even early college, I would watch the marathons whenever they would have them. And I couldn't pick which one I liked the most. So I just left it off my list collectively. Um, but let's get into my number five. My number five is The Purge Anarchy. Um, and this is a really great example of how the sequel got it better than the first movie. Um, the Purge is a really interesting premise. It's this uh, futuristic kind of dystopian society where one day a year they allow anything to be legal. And um, the idea is that it lowers crime because everyone waits till that one day to break the law. And so there's no crime for the rest of the year. Then there's one day of chaos and then it's over. It's not even a whole day. It's a night. And so um, – the first movie, they set up this really interesting premise of this world where everything is uh, legal, and then they lock a family in a house, and you're stuck in one room, well, one house, for the whole movie. And it's like, well, I want to explore the world, and that's what Purge Anarchy does. And Purge Anarchy um, had only a 50 Metacritic, but a 6.5 user score on IMDb. Um, Frank Grillo is the lead, and he is really cool. Um, I could have seen him playing a Punisher-type character. Uh, for sure, and he did, he was in, if I'm not mistaken, he is Crossbones and uh, Captain America Civil War, and um, the guy he plays in Winter Soldier is Brock Rumlow, um, but it's a really kind of action horror film, uh, they're out, there's a lot of shooting, um, a lot of action sequences, but you get to kind of explore the world of The Purge, and I didn't see this right away, I actually saw this last summer, right before uh, the election year came out, and... <laughs> Um, purge election year, not just the actual election year, although not a Which was oh. kind of an odd coincidence that it panned out that way. But um, I, I was really blown away by how much I enjoyed watching Anarchy, especially how disappointed I was with the first film. So it's a great example of a sequel that um, surpassed uh, the first film, and I thought a great addition to my list and a really good entry point into the whole subject matter in general. So that's my number five, Purge Anarchy from 2014. Don't let the fake news outlets fool you. This is where we're going. We're going to have the Purge. We'll reinstate it next year. You you, you kid, but I'm, I'm terrified. Um, that, oh. So, uh... I, 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 the second... 
I don't know if I I fully agree because I have liked The Purge. I did not want to watch the original because it had that Ethan Hawke, and I've been a lot more forgiving of him lately. Uh, I think he was what was it? Was it Daywalkers? Not Daywalkers. I'm trying to think of the vampire That's, one he was Day, in. Daybreakers. Daybreakers. Thank you. Thank you. Daybreakers. I, um, I just watched that recent Ty West one he was in. Uh, I, he's grown on me uh, a lot more. So I really did get it. I liked the claustrophobia of the first one. Uh, thinking about maybe to... Um, oh, man. How could I forget the the Army, ha- Army Hammer? The, the A24 one we saw. Shoot him up. Oh, uh, Free Fire. Thank you. Yep. Well, no, all in one room. That's hard to do. It is. Uh, that's that's difficult to have uh, a one set kind of uh, kind of uh, Reservoir Dogs sort of did it because the majority of it is in the warehouse. Oh yeah, tons of movies. Uh, uh, it's it's not. I don't have an issue with the the closed house. It's the premise. Well, you they, wanted to see more. Yeah, yeah. You, you, they give you they give you a lot, and then you don't really see it, which they did expound on in the second one, which that mm-hmm. that that is. Uh, I don't know if I've gotten to election year yet. Election year, so I need to is similar um, to Anarchy for sure. Uh, it's it's kind of a combination of both movies because it starts off with a locked house, but they are forced out of it, and so you end up with the street. It again something they could have done in the first movie rather than holding up and trying to hide, breaking out of the house and running for their lives <laughs> would have made the again made use of the premise a little more than what we get in that movie. Um, not that it's it's. T- it's also there's some cheesy parts in that first movie that kind of never sat right with me. Um, although I don't know if it's a spoiler, I won't say. Um, but yeah, again, I didn't I didn't hate the first movie, but it wasn't what I was hoping for. And so the second movie really delivered what I was looking for with the premise. Um, Corey, have you seen any of these? Unfortunately, I have seen the first two. Um, oh. I, <laughs> I saw the first one because, well, Troy Dyer, uh, Ethan Hawke, but I thought the ending was stupid. It, like, the end was so stupid. So let's wait until next year until they can try to come get me again. And then, um, I did see the second one in theaters. I might have seen the first one in theaters, too. And the second one was kind of fun because the person I went with was genuinely terrified. Um, but I just can't get into these movies, and I never saw Election Year. Yeah, I waited, like I said, for a while to see the second one because I was so not a, not into the first one. But I don't know. I enjoyed the second one. Um, I mean, the I don't find it to be a scary movie, but it's a horror mm, film. Mm-mm, no. Yeah. It's a horror. It's a thriller. Film. I would say more thriller. Well, it's horror in the sense that the ideas are horrific. Like the premise of the film is scary. You're not safe, no matter what you do. Yeah. Like, but it it's never like a lot of the the worst stuff. Like, because there will be like scenes where they flash to something happening on a side road, but it never none of the bad stuff really ever happens to the main characters. Like, things happen, but not the hor- the really horrific killing and stuff like that that happens outside of the main people from what i recall in all three of the films um like people die i'm not saying that but they don't die in these you know you'll see like crazy imagery in the trailers especially when the movies come out you'd see this crazy you know people with these crazy looking masks and like people tied up 
and a lot of that was happening to characters we don't even get names of. They're just like off on the side, like, oh, that's scary stuff's happening all around us. It looks like you're watching people go through like Halloween Horror Nights almost. You know, like there things are happening, but just not to them. Um, the the other part is that, to be honest, it makes me want to watch The Running Man again. Yeah, there is that vibe. Even though it. it's not the same, yeah, not quite the same. No uh, premise, but it just it, I feel like I need to watch that again. There's some funny stuff in that movie too. All right, well, well that, there's a oh. number four coming out in 2018, guys. So. Oh, there's another purge coming out. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, huh. I wonder. I, well, I guess it, I guess it makes sense after election year. Um. At least they're given some time between them. They're not pumping them out every year. But, um, all right, let's go to Corey's number five. What do you got, Corey? Dun dun dun! I had to choose Toy Story three because, um, well, we've already. I think we're all Pixar fans, but I think that we've already established that I'm a big fan of Woody. He's my favorite Pixar character, and probably one of my favorite characters in movies ever. And um, I like the note that this ended on with um, Andy giving his toys away, even though the whole movie, um, everyone thinks that they were, that Andy was trying to throw them away and Woody was trying to convince them otherwise. And um, just them trying to make their way back home. But yeah. Yeah. I toy story three has long been uh, record recorded as me uh crying during it um, ugly cry i think i've cried every time i've watched the movie um it didn't make my list um mainly because i've i've talked about it before and so not that it's not deserving it is a great sequel um i definitely like the third one better than the second one and honestly i think at this point i prefer to watch the third one over the first one not that the first one's not amazing but um I just feel like the Pixar has come a long way from from the first movie as far as the animation quality and um, even the characters. I, I feel like that those characters in three, I was an adult when I saw them. So I feel closer to them than I do when I watched the first one when I was in high school. Um, so I think that's why I prefer three. But um, again, it didn't make my list. Uh, not that it's not great. It's probably... It might be better than a couple of the movies on my list for sure. Um, just I've talked about it before, so I left it off. But good pick for sure. Apparently, mm. box office was over one billion dollars. One billion mm-hmm. with a B as a boy, guys. Yep, yep. That's worldwide too, right? Uh, it doesn't say, but I could probably, but probably. Yeah. Corey went all Hollywood steelbook mentality. She's like, look at all the money it's made. I just I don't She's know so if I. Really swimming, at a movie swimming in her steel books. Actually, I if they go uh, the dark di- dark director's cut and end it with them their final fates at the incinerator. Oh, oh that's, no! That's 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 the one I'm after. But uh, you're horrible. Hey, if, those toys got to learn. If they no, just they don't. Her, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> But we're supposed to be getting a fourth one in 2019. I read. See, see, even Pixar's on this. They're like uh, this band, the sequel band. Well, they've well, long been on the sequel band again, but well, um, for the most part, they had they didn't do many sequels. I mean, you had three Toy Stories, which was their main sequels. They we have two um, Monsters okay. Incorporated. Then we got Dory last year. This year we got Cars three. So they had done Cars a couple times. Um, 
and next year we're supposed to get Incredibles two, um, and then Toy Story four, and so yeah, they're they're hitting the sequels now. I actually heard, um, I feel like I heard they're gonna try to do an Inside Out sequel, but I don't know if that's right. Um, see, no, see, that's not necessary. I'm kind of surprised they haven't made a Tangled. I mean, I've never seen Tangled. I have no intention to see it. Why? But just as I don't know. I've, I feel like I've just heard the song too much that, oh. you know what I mean? Like No, hold on. And I just... One, yes. Tangled is Disney, yes. not Pixar. Two... Yes. Oh, shoot. That's right. Sorry. Um, but Tangled is great. Tangled's one of my favorite princess movies. Uh, Moana's oh, better. Thinking, but, hold on. I'm thinking Frozen. But is Frozen Pixar? No. Nope. That's also Disney. Nope. It's just Disney? Yeah. Okay. See you guys. Uh, but Tangled, Tangled, I like better than Frozen. Frozen's good for sure. I meant Frozen, um, but I've not seen it. I can't rewatch Frozen though. I, that did get played out. Um, just too many, too much Frozen everywhere. It was like everything was Frozen for a long time. Um, Brave was Brave Pixar. I believe so. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think she is the only princess who was a Pixar character, um, and she, that I like Brave quite a bit. I and mean, she was awesome. Yeah, she was awesome. But yeah, Toy Story three. Yeah. Uh, I think solid pick for a sequel. But yeah, there's definitely uh, Disney has a most of their princess sequels at least are straight to dvd which would have counted of course but um i don't think i've seen many of them i might have seen one or two uh when taylor was younger because i know we owned a couple of the sequels like i know we had one of the little mermaid sequels but i don't remember ever watching that um i never saw the lion king uh like two and a half oh, or two. um no yeah so I've avoided those. I think I did see the second Aladdin, though. I feel like I, I don't remember much about it, but I'm pretty sure I saw that one. But let's get to Mike's number five. Mike, what is your number five? All right. Well, I mine, I feel, is like a strange twist on the sequel because it's set in the same Don Wiener universe that Todd Salons uh, introduced us to in Welcome to the Dollhouse. However, right at the beginning of the film, uh, named Palindromes from 2004, the audience is privy to her funeral as well as what got Don Wiener, you know, why she is dead now. And it kind of goes from that. And the only, uh, the header Madara, how could I have messed it up? But the, the actress that played Don Wiener uh, was actually in. Scream 2 is, I think it's Scream 2? Scream 2 or 3 is Jamie Kennedy's sister. That was one of her bigger roles. But she actually did not agree to come back for this this film to play the Don Wiener character who was dead. And maybe that's what it was. So, but it goes, it goes from there. It goes from her funeral, the death of this character from the one, and shifts gears into the Aviva character who... I'm, I'm guessing you y'all are not familiar familiar with palindromes. No, I have not seen it. Nope, no clue. Okay, okay. So basically, Aviva is played by multiple performers that are of different ages, ethnic backgrounds, genders. If I recall correctly, the la- the last Aviva character is played by Jennifer Jason Lee, who is infinitely older than the younger actresses, and uh, I mean, it, it goes all over the place. And I've read a really amazing interpretation of why Todd Solon's – the guy does what he wants to do. And I, if I remember correctly, he probably financed this on his own because no studio would back him. 
it, it's it's a difficult watch. Uh, there's definitely uh, abortion is a topic, and one of my other picks on another list is one of his called Happiness. And the, to say the humor is dark isn't even quite doing it justice because it is. It's got a very specific sense of humor in itself and in the stuff that we are really uncomfortable finding humor in. Um, as a result, the ratings for the 42% Rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.8 IMDb score and a 53 Metascore might be a reflection of it. But according to, I mean, Roger Ebert praised this pretty greatly. And that's that's tough. When he likes something, he really likes it. And when he doesn't, he doesn't. Um, again, it's not an easy watch. The dark humor is going to be misconstrued, misconstrued by quite a bit of the, peop- the wa- people watching. But if you go in with an open mind, I think you'll get a lot more out of it, and probably more than just the singular view, because it's one of those, uh, I guess you can compare it to the current incarnation of Twin Peaks, that one-time view is not going to be enough. And not that it's, it's that abstract, it's just it takes some getting used to you. The, the typical, I mean... I remember when Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction came out, people were having a tough time. Well, you know, Vincent Vega's dead, and you know and they shift the way they do the the flashback and the the way they Tarantino told the story. Yeah, and that that and that wasn't that difficult to follow. I don't believe it's really easy. I think just someone as a general viewer that is just in for hey, just show me a film to laugh or make me you know killed a couple hours probably might have some difficulty with this one and i'm not saying that to, to sounds you know um, condescending it's just it's it's a tough view it's not easy got it well it sounds interesting and i am a jennifer jason lee fan normally so uh i'm intrigued and you say it's it's a sequel to it's a sequel in terms of like world building it's right. yeah it's uh, and see i kind of slipped it in there to welcome to the dollhouse which is on a, it, that is another one that is so tough to watch, but once you get through, it's like whoa. Uh, it's I remember the first couple times watching it, I'm like, what am I watching? And I don't know. Maybe I, I, I'm kind of again, you know, you know my picks. Uh, if if you want something left to field, that's definitely one. Welcome to the Dollhouse and this one for sure. Um, I don't. I think there might be another Don Wiener related film but it's escaping me right now no problem that's interesting though um so that the cool approach to a sequel rather than it being about the same characters um it's just in the same universe uh i kind of i didn't do this but um technically speaking the uh clerk the first three kevin smith films are like that they are sequels mm-hmm. in the sense that they're in the same universe but they are not uh, directly related although there are some characters obviously Jay and Silent mm-hmm. Bob but there are some characters referenced and in fact um, if you're Gil, Gil Hicks versus Dante and yeah and then um, well and not just that uh, the funeral that they go to in Clerks is uh-huh. yeah directly yeah. referenced in Mallrats um, so yeah um, you know it, it's technically a sequel but I didn't count it. Although there is, a, of course, a true sequel with Clerks too. But I didn't make my list. Um, all right. Uh, I guess we're back to me because Corey. I'm guessing you've not seen Palindromes. I have not seen either of these films, and you've talked about them many times. And I just read the synopsis for uh, Palindromes, and I'm intrigued. I put them both on my list. 
which is only growing longer by the week. <laughs> scary. Well, I mean, I would say probably don't watch them both in one sitting. And once you watch one, find something happy to watch or something just to to decompress because they're heavy. They're 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 and even now I think would be. I don't know that I could sit with my kids. Definitely not at this age, but maybe even when they're you know older, past their teens or past school age, because they're they're uncomfortable to watch sometimes. Mm. Fair enough. Word. All right. Um, well, my, we're going from a very heavy film to a very light film, um, and it is my number four. Um, and I gotta say, it, it's one that I'm not saying it's a great movie. But for some reason, it has been watched by me many, many times, uh, particularly around the holidays. And it's Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Uh, uh. Um, hey, that is the best film. It's fantastic. It does have our president in it, uh, directed by Chris Columbus. Um, it is from 1992. So I was a mere 10 years old when this film came out. So, of course... Uh, I, I was already a fan of the first film. Um, while a lot of it in this follows, I, you could probably say this with a lot of sequels, a lot of the same stunts are pulled, even really the same premise, right? Like, uh, they toy with us initially. We think he's left at home. We think they forgot him, but before they leave, she remembers, and he's already on the bus. Ha, ha, ha. This time, where it changes is he gets on the wrong plane, and he goes to New York while they go to Miami. And that's what he really wanted. He wanted a traditional, you know, snow... Christmas trees, and they don't have that in Florida, of course. We do have Christmas trees, but, you know, and apparently in his childish mind, that's not a thing. And so um, the, the family has to find him, and you get the, oh, what a coincidence. The burglars have broken out of prison, and even though I think they were in Chicago originally, now they've gone, come to New York, and here they are. They run into each other, and he has to beat them again. And so he uses booby traps again, and these traps get crazy where they would have killed people. In fact, there are several things online where you can find how many times Harry and Marv would have died based on the uh, booby traps that Kevin has set for them, and it is several. Um, he has murdered many people over and over again, uh, the way this would calculate. But because it's a kid's movie, everything's fine. It's almost like watching Looney Tunes. They're all going to, you know, the beak's going to spin around and then it'll be okay. Um, and I find great joy in watching that, uh, despite it being, again, a rehash of the first movie. There's a lot of bits in this that are really funny. Um, the introduction of the talk boy, a toy that I had as a kid myself, does not work nearly as cool as the actual one in the film. Um, you know, there's the Tim Curry being in it, who is great. Rob Schneider as the bellboy is pretty funny. Um, it, it's it's everything you love about the first one with a few extra actors and a few extra funny moments. Um, even the uh, the creepy stranger is in this movie. Just like in the first movie, we have the old man who shovels Jeez. snow. Here we have the pigeon lady. Um, it is, again, this is common with sequels, especially with comedies. They rehash the formula. They just up the ante. Um, and for some reason, I've always enjoyed this film. I do like the first one more, but it's a sequel that I've seen so many times that it had to be on my list. So Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I will agree with you that it is not the best film, um, but I, I, to get in the mindset for the holidays, I could totally see that. Uh, how? Uh, sorry, as you were talking, and it got me to thinking of another sequel. Which uh, you, you talk about the criminals. You know, they come from Chicago, and now they're in New York. It's kind of, in a way, y'all, y'all are familiar with Jaws Five, right? Five. No. Jaws Five. 
no. colon, the revenge, wherein one of the ancestor descendants, sorry, not ancestors, descendants of the Jaws shark is looking for revenge. Yeah, but I think that's okay. Four. That, okay, Josh, four, I'm thinking. <laughs> so I'm, I'm adding another one now All because right. they should have made another, the revenger, the revengiest. Okay, <laughs> uh, Jaws four. Yeah, okay, now Hollywood's going to take my idea. That's fine. Yep. That's a free one. They can hire me on after last week's episode. I, I, we all have good ideas, and there we are. So, you know, how are they – I guess you just have to – my suspension of disbelief with that property is limited. Uh, but the first one is a classic, so yeah. I guess I can – and uh, I take it you haven't tried – any of the subsequent Home Alones? Um, I saw the third one. I do not. Like I'm sorry. It. Um, I that, did not yes. watch the fourth one. Um, I'm. Uh, you were lucky. Uh, John had a kick. I mean, he's watched all of them. I'm hoping his preference is the first one. I have to see. I do own all four though because I wanted to have the first two, and it was cheaper last year to buy the four pack than buying them individually. <laughs> so I bought the four pack. <laughs> It's, it's like buying droids from Jawas. You get yeah. the junk they push on you. That's it. So one of them blew a bad motivator and saved the brought balance the force. Three and four have not been watched um, from the disc. <laughs> I saw three before I that, but uh, I wonder how much you could sell those new in box. <laughs> I don't mint in package. But I I was um, again I I like both the first and the second one. Again, the first one is definitely superior. As it is original. The second one, again, is, like you said, the suspension of the They're derivative. It's derivative, and thus they push you to a point where you're like, come on. Come on. But, um, and even one of my uh, favorite animated shows from the 90s, The Critic, there's a, they do Home Alone 19, I think, as a parody, where he's, like, got a beard. He's got, like, a beard growing, and he's got a cigarette, and I was like, ah, I'm Home Alone. (laughs) It's, it was getting to that point. Um, But, okay, let's move on to Corey's number four. Okay, I have talked about this movie before, but I couldn't leave it off. It is Dawn of the Dead, the original. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. From 1978. I forgot to down the year for that one. Um, I This might be one of my favorite zombie movies ever. Uh, definitely is. Um, and it's one of my favorite horror movies. I love that the zombies go back to what they know. And pulling up in a mall. How's that for some social commentary, guys? Um, consumers, consumers, well, consumers. I, that's what he's going for. Definitely, hundred percent. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and also, I think that there's a clip. Isn't this? Yeah, this is the movie where they touch down in the city in the helicopter, and they're like, "Hello, hello, hello." And I don't know if you guys are fans of gorillas. But on the first Gorillaz album, there is a sample of that in one of the songs, oh. and the name is escaping me right now. I, but see, I always thought that was from the next one, Day of the Dead. Okay, I might be wrong, but I, I thought it was from. I think this it's one da- with the hell. I feel like it's Day of the Dead because that's the military-driven one where they find like the underground complex right. where. Um, and then they're in. And then they're right. I, I'm I, I could be wrong, but I, because I, I, I for a long time thought that was sampled from. 28 days later when Killian, that's what I thought. And I was like, whoa, it's not from that. It's from what it's, it's, it's gotta be from one of those, one of these. Yeah. But I Um, I couldn't put a finger on which one. And I think that all of us, probably all three of us, I'm sure John has, but I know that I personally have thought of many times what I would do if there was ever a zombie apocalypse. Mm -hmm. 
And I live close to the mountains now, so that's probably where I'm going to go. But I always thought, oh, like one of those big, huge, like, bulk stores that also sells guns. Um, (laughs) So I think that (laughs) holding up in a mall is genius because they pretty much have everything that they need, especially in the 70s when there was a gun shop in the freaking mall. But go ahead. Unfortunately, everyone else that has watched those will have that plan as well. And there's also the gang of bikers that you know in real life would also pl- plunder the mall very quickly. Well, the downside, well, too, is our mall has, like, nothing in it. We have, like, earrings <laughs> and, so, and some well, clothes. Um, and the Florida mall has fidget spinners. So, so many know. fidget spinners at the Florida mall. It might as well change the name of the mall to fidget spinners. Like, oh ridiculous. Um, every story I'm in that mall has fidget spinners. Okay. Um. um I, oh, I didn't I, include this. Oh, sorry, Corey. I, I didn't include this movie on my list, and I, I totally looked at it many times because it is my favorite Romero zombie film, and it might be my favorite zombie film. Um, yeah, well, it, it, it's definitely more of a traditional zombie film than 28. Like, 28's great, and I I have a hard time straight calling it a zombie film, though. Um, they might be affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that since that mall is so empty, you guys should make friends with the mall management and start holding up supplies in all those empty places. <laughs> in the back room. Have, like, I don't want to have to pay guys. for I don't want to have to pay for them. I want don't them already there. It. You just need to like, oh, true. We'll start plundering other places. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now we're just talking about breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> and Corey's arrested. Go ahead. I'm done. All right. <laughs> Um, well, I know I, I definitely agree that's a that's a solid pick for a sequel. Mike, do uh, you have any comments on Day of the Dead? Uh, actually, I'll be honest. I appreciate... Dawn. Pardon? I, I said Day of the Dead instead of Dawn of the Dead. Oh. I appreciate both this one and, well, again, because of Sarah Polly, both versions, but the definitely the original is going to be the, the go-to one. I, I did not include any of this series in my list. Sorry to disappoint you, but def- this was solid. This one, they had the helicopter, correct? Because they landed on the roof of the mall. Yep. And it boggled my mind. How did they do the part with the blade? Because when they're the helicopter blade that decapitates the... And it doesn't do it like right away. It's like parts of the zombie skull. Am I wrong? I don't. I'm drawing not a blank, but I don't I'm, remember I'm vividly not. enough to answer. Well, the the other. I remember when Planet Terror had a similar part where they had the zombie, the helicopter angled, and they took out a bunch. But this one was it was just intri- intriguing to me how how they. You know, I always wondered how they did this, and of course, this was a time of no CGI, and so I was impressed. So yeah, yeah solid. I would I would go with this pick. It just didn't make my list. Yep, and um, I actually like Day of the Dead and Land of the Dead, which is you know arguably much less of a film, but I do like Land of the Dead. There's some interesting stuff in but it. Um, again, talk about very relevant social commentary, definitely now. Is yep. that the one in the hotel or the building that you Fiddler's have Fiddler's Green? Yeah. Okay, and I the, thought I hadn't seen that, but the I have. zombie learning to shoot the gun and um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, and then the 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 leader the. The gas station attendant zombie, and I know he has a name. I thought he had a name. Uh, you know, taking leadership. Yeah, yeah, be, becoming, and then he reboots it with 
uh, Diary or Survival of the Dead. I can't remember which one's first, but then he started like a new series. In fact, he's working. He, there's a new Romero zombie movie supposed to be coming out, but it was I, he said it was delayed because of The Walking Dead for some reason. Um, hmm. I didn't get to read the article. I just saw the headline and was like, okay, that's interesting. Have to but, look at it. But all right, all right, um, to look it up. That's Corey's number four, Dawn of the Dead, the original. Um, Mike, what is your number four? All right, so a, while, a long while back, there was, and I think it, I might be mistaken, but I want to say that John Carpenter himself had a story told that the Halloween series was initially hoped to be a kind of serial kind of series, different cast, different stories, yada, 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 and kind of going that, thinking along, kind of not quite a Twilight Zone well, I guess yeah. so, because Twilight Zone switches around, sometimes using the same actors, sometimes not. And so whether that's true or not, that's what led me to include Halloween 3 Season <laughs> of the Witch. I actually from almost picked that one. I didn't pick it, but I almost picked it because it is the odd sequel, that it's not Michael Myers. Yes, and, it, and I, I would say this movie, I didn't realize it was 1982, so I would have been nine. I know I didn't see it on the original release, but it seems to corroborate that once-told tale. Um, unfortunately, the audiences that got around to Halloween 3 probably wondered, like many people, and probably even me initially, where in the world Michael Myers was. And so the experiment, if this was what this was, it didn't work, and the rest of the franchise provided the audiences the Michael Myers they wanted to see. So, despite us 4.6 IMDb score, 38 Metascore, 37% Rotten rating, I think this gets, and this is why, part of why I picked it, because it's terribly, I feel, underappreciated. It is a horrifying kind of thing. Very cheesy now. It doesn't hold up. It might be an interesting redo now and maybe not without the halloween, the halloween. Yeah. yeah without the halloween tag uh that you know, obviously i would i would imagine they would have to get rid of the burrowing earwig of song of the song for the silver shamrock halloween masks uh, that just that was horrifying that bothered me but i mean it was meant to i guess uh, this sequel it just worked for me it was a mix of the supernatural along with the kind of Stepford Wives android vibe that was a really different take mm -hmm. from the slasher that we expected from Halloween. I figured it was a welcome change, despite what a good amount of viewers might think. Tom Atkins, who plays the main character and collaborated with Carpenter on The Fog, which I don't believe Carpenter had anything to do with this, uh, but he was a powerful, a powerhouse in this flick. He's... I, all, all around, this was, I felt, grossly overlooked. Yeah, I, I saw it for the first time maybe five or six years ago. Um, I had seen, like I said, I used to watch the Friday the 13th franchise all the time. Um, I had seen Halloween, and I saw maybe like H2O or a couple of the other ones, and I saw the, the zombie remake um, in the theater, but um, I had missed some of the Halloween movies, and there was a marathon on, so I started watching them. Uh, you know, I started with the first one, which I'd already seen, um, I think I watched the second one, which I don't know if I'd seen before. And then the third one came on, and I'm like, what's this? You know, I, I went Jack Skellington. I was just like, what's this? What's this? There's no Michael Myers anywhere. Um, and I was intrigued, and I actually enjoyed it. I, I do find it. It's cheesy, but it was it's like a campy, enjoyable mm -hmm. thing for me. Um, and it's it's Season of the Witch, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, now, uh, am I mistaken? I thought on one of the TV screens, Halloween was playing. 
and uh, one, there is one of the... there is a throwaway of uh, that. Yes, that is somewhere in the movie. Um, I think it's on like one the security guards watching it or something like that in mm-hmm, one of the warehouses mm-hmm. or something. Um, so it yeah. may not have been the first one. It may have been, I think, the second because it had to do with the hospital. The I hospital think you're right. Scene, I, I think, think it is the second one. And um, interestingly enough, uh, I, I've heard that same story that originally Halloween was going to be a not kind of an anthology, not in terms of per yeah. movie, but like each movie being its own thing, like they're doing now with Ten Cloverfield Lane, like they did with um, uh, Twilight Zone, the films, and um, and. I, Friday the 13th was supposed to be the same thing. That Jason was never supposed to be a character. Um, and it just took off. Yeah, you know, you got to go with what your audience wants. They wanted the, uh, the the kid from the lake to start killing people, and we got Jason. Um, and now we have the video game, Yep. Uh, this, despite its problems. But I, you know, thinking about the idea of a sequel, this is a clever way to do it. I pref- Sometimes it's nice to kind of get the audience in and give them something new. I haven't seen this movie, um, but did and I, so I haven't seen any trailers or anything. Did was it made obvious that it was a different character from the trailers and like the marketing? Hmm, that is a fantastic question because that would have eliminated some confusion. I don't. I bet you it wasn't. People were okay. were drawn just to the fact. Oh, Halloween three. You figure it's going to be a, the successor to what you just seen Halloween two. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not Again, sure. Again, being nine, uh, being nine years old, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'd have I, to dig that up. I was just born, so I have no clue. But, um, just like two months old when that movie. Oh, assuming it came out in October, I don't actually know. But it would be weird. Mm, I don't know. It'd be weird for a Halloween movie to come out like in, you know, February or something. But who knows? People do they do weird things. Um, all right, that's I think a really cool pick. Um, one that. I have seen, by the way, so that's one of uh, three that I claimed I would have seen. Um, let's get into my number three. I went with um, one that's probably not, it's probably the most predictable on my list, and it's Back to the Future 3. Um, most people would have expected two. I have a lot of problems with number two. I love number two. It's fun to watch, but I, I it is one that um, for the last probably seven years... I have issues with um, the p- uh, paradox that it creates for itself um, by basically not following its own rules. But when I was a, a kid, I never really enjoyed Back to the Future 3 as much as the other two. And as an adult, it's become one that I love a lot. And I feel like it's often underappreciated, um, mainly just because I love the Western elements of the film. And, um, you know, we have our stars are back. Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd. We added Mary Steenberger. Seen Virgin, um, whose name I always butcher. Uh, we still get Leah Thompson. We get Thomas Wilson. Uh, well, Biff, but Tom Wilson. Um, Elizabeth Shue shows up again as Jennifer, and uh, Robert Zemeckis is still directing. Um, you know, there's so many little things. I love the Clint Eastwood joke. Uh, you know that he sent, and that Doc sends him in the John Wayne Western attire, which is not at all appropriate for the Western world that he sent back to. Um, I love the the Mad Dog Biff Tannen. I love the payoff from the second movie where uh, w- when he goes to see Biff in the tower, Biff is watching a Clint Eastwood movie that Marty then replicates in, in Back to the Future 3. There's all these little... Everything kind of comes to a nice close. Um, there's a heartfelt ending. We get to see the uh, the train fly away as the new time machine, even though there's the weird... like I don't know if you've heard the urban legend of the kid like pointing at his junk 
um, while like the last shot is happening. Like he has, you know, Doc has two children at the end. Like the one of the kids like points at his weenus, uh in the last sequence. Wait, it's wait a, his elbow? No, I know. I said weenus, which is the skin on your elbow, but I was trying to be polite. So, um, yeah, and I, you know, it, there's just there's a lot about the third movie I enjoy. It is, um, to me, it feels like a planned trilogy, and so everything kind of uh, coalesced here. Um, you know, we're following up from what happened at the end of the second movie. Uh, there's, you know, references from everything, and I really enjoy the third one. Um, again, when I was younger, it didn't hit me as well. As I've gotten older, I've, I've grown to like the third one more than the second one, especially because, again, I feel like the second one, um, the whole premise of the second one is ruined. The second Doc comes and picks Marty up and takes him to the future, um, especially with that sense of urgency that I've never understood. When you have a time machine, and the thing that you have to stop will not have happened for 35 years, but... You know, 30 years. But um, that's my pick for number three, Back to the Future 3. I was worried the original time, the original viewing of Back to the Future because, you know, it read to be continued and I'd been going back to the adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai across the eighth eighth dimension. Uh We've been teased before. And so I was ecstatic for number two. And then I watched it. And... I probably at that time really liked it, but three is the superior. It's it's a mm. very rare example uh, that you know that a third sequel is going to be better than the second one. Um, it's definitely it just they took it and now they're in the old west. I'm thinking how are they yeah. going to you know do this and just have those little jokes within the universe and the same you, you caught that it was the same manure. Uh, vendor uh-huh. as it was in the 50s with a sign and then that the and the the emigra- the immigration of uh, the McFly family with the mm-hmm. bowler hat yep the invention of the frisbee and his those little silly thi- <laughs> the, the Clint, things that have been in yeah. all the movies those little silly moments and yeah just little bits or Clint Eastwood what kind of name is that yeah yeah um, and his uh, Nike yeah <laughs> dance boy and he's shooting at him, and he starts doing Michael Jackson moonwalk, which is a little creepy now, but still. Yeah, I mean, there's so uh, many things that are um, really great about the whole trilogy, but um, and I think it's kind of different because you look at the original Star Wars trilogy, and I think the strongest is the second one, and then you look oh, at this oh, yeah. movie, uh, this trilogy, and I think the first and third are your strongest. Um, not to say that New Hope isn't strong, but I do think uh, Empire escalates it. And then Jedi kind of brings it back down, not in a not in a horrible way. It's I like Jedi fine, um, but when you look at this one, I feel like it really ends on a high note. Um, the way everything kind of works and how it all plays out, it just everything clicks for me with this movie. And it's one that, again, as I've gotten older, I find more and more joy watching it. Um, again, I think the second one has some of the coolest ideas. Like the stuff in the future was awesome, especially back in the '80s. You know, like, oh my God, is this really what it's going to be like? And it's not. It's not at all. Yeah. It's very disappointing. <laughs> uh, but um, where's our flying cars? Yeah, flying cars. You know, self-lacing shoes that don't cost a billion dollars. Hoverboards, I want, I real hoverboards. A jacket that dries itself. Um, you know, there's so many things. Um, and the rehydrating pizza from Pizza Hut. Um, but oh my. Uh, Corey, do you have anything to add? No, I can't remember seeing the third one. I know I've seen what? the first and the second one a million times. 
How much <gasps> time does she have to sit in the timeout? Chair? A lot. That hurts me inside. Like, how do you not see the third I one? It's a trilogy. The second one ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> like, how do you not watch the apparently, third one? Apparently, she couldn't be bothered. She's, <laughs> she's Scrooge McDuck swimming around, y'all. Forget them. I don't. I wish I had all that money. Well, no, it's not the money. It's the DVDs. It's <laughs> the steel books, books in particular. That would hurt. Um, <laughs> I can't be regular, you know, bothered with regular Blu-rays, Mike. Man, you need to get the, the. We say this, and I have like three steel books, maybe. I think you need three, to get the uh, special edition steel train book um, that looks like the what? the train machine um, from the end of the, the movie. That's if you would know it if you'd seen it. You've seen it at Universal Studios that they have the train there. She would know that that kid is really pointing at his junk. Yep, all about his junk. Uh, I, a full full disclosure, <laughs> in a sense. Uh, there was I took someone when I was an undergrad to a dance, and this was before my wife and I dated, and we knew each other. But and in the picture that they got, I have my thumb looped in my belt loop, and my pointer finger and middle finger. Oh, <laughs> I think I was doing a similar. I I don't know why I would stand that way, but that picture, and I hope they burned all those copies because it didn't end well between <laughs> me and that person. I was standing in a, mm, yeah, Got like it. what? What? What am I doing? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I, I like five. Mm. Yeah, it that's happens. Bad stuff. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, Corey, you have a mission. You must watch Back to the Future Three, um, because it's great. And also, you need to you need closure. You got to find out what happens to the end of the story. But, um, man, that hurts me inside. All right, <laughs> Corey, what do you have for your number three? Okay, I think you might have this on your list. So, um, it's 2016 Star Trek Beyond. Almost made my list, but it is not. Okay. Um, I think I ended up choosing this one over the second one. I love the second one. Um, because mm. it's our last chance to see my boy Chekhov. Um, I'm kind of sad to see where that goes in the future because yeah. I'm sure he would have been there till the end with that franchise. Yep. Um, and I've stated this before. I grew up, um, my dad really liked Star Trek and as a kid, I thought it was very boring. And I think that, um, seeing this like revitalized for a younger audience has been kind of exciting. I know that a lot of, uh, fans of like the older series art fan but i liked idris elba a lot as crawl and when we find out um who he really is i liked that a lot i love when they play the beastie boys sabotage yeah to like (laughs) mess up the other ships i think that is so fun and i am uh blinking out on her name right now yeah i I know i know i was trying to think she was really good she was great. I loved her so much. Um, I was kind of like, what are they doing? Um, but, you know, I liked her a lot. And now I need to know her name. Um, Looking it up. Now, I, it didn't make my list, but it... Kayla. It, oh, it, what's her, the actress's name? Because she's also in uh, Kingsman. Rotella? Yeah. She's in something else recently, too. She was in Kingsman and then uh, that... Rotella, yeah. Um... The mummy. The mummy. Is she the mummy in that? I think she's the mummy. Um, yep. 
Yeah, she she's. I think so. She was really good in that, and, I, and she's in something else that's coming out soon. I can't think of what it is, but um, I remember seeing her name on something else that's in in the works. But um, yeah, she was really great in Star Trek. Atomic Blonde. Oh yes, Atomic that's Blonde. right. She's in Atomic Blonde. Um, awesome, awesome. I, 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 that looks very good. It does, and it's getting pretty good reviews from what I've heard so far. Um, I gotta say, uh, Star Trek Beyond. Um, is my favorite of the the J.J. Abrams times, which is not J.J. Abrams directing, and it's James, not James Wan, it is um, Justin Lin, who did Fast and the Furious 7, I think. Um, and so I don't like that it's my favorite of the three. I'd rather the J.J. ones be. But um, I still found both the first and second one from the J.J. times to be slower than my attention span would really give it. Like, I enjoyed them... But there were moments where I checked out, where I was just kind of off in my own world, and then I would come back for like the more interesting moments, and then I'd be gone again. Where Beyond kept me completely captivated. Now, the I will give credit, though. I didn't see either of the other Star Trek movies in the theater. I waited for home video for both. Where Beyond, I was in opening weekend, and that may have been the difference, just being in the theater to experience it. Um, and... Simon Pegg, who wasn't mentioned, but I love him in this as well. So it almost made my list. It is an honorable mention for me um, because I, I thought it was great. Um, I, I Even though, again, like Corey said, a lot of Star Trek fans not a fan of Justin Lin's take on the franchise. Um, I enjoyed it. Now, Mike, you are a traditional Star Trek fan, but you still found uh, joy in this, right? I still en enjoyed this one. I felt a little tricked on into darkness because why didn't you just tell us it was con yeah uh, you know i had a problem with that but i've enjoyed the reboot and my hesitation with justin lynn kind of is offset by the fact that and i've mentioned it before his 2002 better luck tomorrow mm. um about the asian honor students that want to have like a criminal lifestyle and oh, okay. it kind of goes from there that one is such a different justin lynn movie than what and I didn't realize how many of the Fast and the Furious he directed. Tokyo Drift. I think uh, he did Fast three through seven, right? Like he did that. Yeah, he did block. a bunch. And so, you know, he's not wanting for money. No, but, no, uh, yeah, because Fast I, Five, I, Six, I, and Seven have made tons of money. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him. I mean, his name is in attached in question marks to all sorts of really strange and diverse projects. So I'm curious how much involvement he really has in it but i forget i i actually really enjoyed star trek beyond uh definitely i think i liked it even better than into darkness yeah I, I from what i've heard that's the general consensus um not necessarily with star trek fans but with film fans and critics um that uh it was better than into darkness and a lot of it was they were really trying to force that that surprise that you mentioned um that was spoiled long before the movie came out i even my friend made me watch wrath of khan before I went and saw Into Darkness, um, just so I would have context of who Khan was. Uh, well, so. and, and, and yeah, and, and then the flipping of the death, the Kirk death versus yeah. Spock death. Yeah, uh, uh, not near, not nearly as I think effective as the Wrath of Khan Spock death. No, because Spock's death sticks in Khan. Like oh, that's okay. the whole premise of the next movie, right? Is uh, search for Spock, right? The search for right, right. Well, uh, that little. Bit where he is, you know, Kirk, Shatner, and Nimoy, you know, ship out of danger and just very minimal words and 
That gets me every time. That gets yeah, me. Yeah, it was an emotional scene, and I was nowhere near as invested in those characters as people who would have seen it in, in Wrath of Khan in the theater would have been. But yeah, definitely, um, that is a sequel that definitely deserves some discussion, though, because the first Star Trek film, the Star Trek the movie, was hated by fans, um, and then Wrath of Khan is beloved. It's one of the favorite Star Trek films of all time. Um, so definitely one that could have ended up on someone's list and may still end up on Mike's. In fact. Let's go to Mike's number three. What do you got, bud? All right. So when Rob Zombie's House of Th- a Thousand Corpses was originally announced, I felt that it was not just me. I'm sure it was like when Alderaan was blown up and just you can see everyone was like felt this was the new voice of horror. You know, then the delays and the distribution issues arose. And, well, it finally came out and it wasn't the film we were looking for. Flash forward to 2005's The Devil's Rejects. I'll be the first to admit, and we've even talked about it, it's not on the cast, at least here and there. Rob Zombie films are uneven at best. But he completely hit his stride with this. He found the right tone, the voice for the homicidal Firefly family of misfits. Uh, Just like I mentioned with palindromes this is definitely not for the faint of heart for altogether different reasons it's difficult to watch for some i would say i've been desensitized long ago and it's still tough to watch for me there's the whole part where they're they've got a family in a hotel room and it's not easy i mean these are murderers you know what you're getting no one going into the even the title no one going into the yeah. devil's reject should be surprised at what they're going to see i mean you you know what you're getting into um, it's kind of difficult to see, you know, know where to, to lie as far as who to root for, because in parts there comes to a point where the lines are blurred. There isn't a clear cut definition between black and white, but there's a definitely large area of gray because you understand the motivation, you know, why the sheriff and law enforcement, or at least the one sheriff's character is after this family so hard. I get that. Um, and it becomes to be a, uh, to put it simply, a dirty thing overall mm. um viewers are probably not going to be the same after viewing this it's star it, it is a far far superior film i feel than its original you know house of a thousand corpses uh on the numbers uh 53 rotten 6.9 imd be uh, score and a 53 minute score so i just figured those numbers would be higher somewhere along the line maybe something was lost in the translation this was brutal and it was right, and this is the Rob Zombie film. You know, I, this is kind of what I was like hoping Thirty Win would be like, and it wasn't. I really wanted to, and Thirty One, in a in a sense, is not quite Purge like, but maybe Running Man like, or uh, uh, yeah, that's what, it, what I heard of, of it. Um, kind of, but it isn't. It isn't wholly there. It's not. It's. Uh, I would say Rob Zombie films. Which one? I would probably go with this one. Is my, one of my favorites of his. Maybe the Lords of Salem. And one of his animated ones, the Super Beasto one. I did not see The Devil's Rejects because I was so unhappy with House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, and that one, I think I was just, it was overhyped to me by my friends that it was like the scariest movie they'd ever seen. And so I went in. Um, I, I don't know what it is about those type of movies. It's not like they don't disgust me. It's not like, oh, I can't watch it. It just, they bore me. Because um, 
you know, a movie that is considered the greatest horror film of all time, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I feel heavily influenced House of a Thousand Corpses, um, mm-hmm. at least stylistically, uh, neither of those work for me. I don't find joy watching them, and I don't find despair watching them. I find boredom. I'm just like, okay, yeah, got it. You're going to do something awful. Got it. And that's it. Okay, whatever. Like, it doesn't scare me and it doesn't thrill me it doesn't uh i'm not engaged um i don't know what it is uh about the that specific style that just doesn't work for me so i never got to devil's rejects i'd be seriously worried if someone's getting thrilled of either my pick or texas chainsaw um what is it with me i well, by thrilled, I mean I don't like know suspense. What it is. I don't mean like uh, aroused. Okay, okay, uh, yeah, know, like, okay. I, I just wanted to be clarified yeah. because if someone's getting thrilled from it, that's yeah, no. But mm, I mean, like that's that would be a dis- but the other because that's not it. Is, that's not what it is for me. I don't know. There's something I, I've grown up with horror. I've watched it since I was much too young. Uh, John is just not he. He by request wanted to watch Krampus, which he is more of a. I like it because it's scary, but has bits of humor. Yeah. Yep. So I've tried, and then that is a tough thing to try to find. The next, cl- uh, what did I show him very recently? Eight-legged freaks, because it wasn't. I wouldn't say super scary, and it, the rating was right, uh, and it had that that odd sense of humor. Yeah, there's there's tons of those. A lot of those are B movies, though, um, that you're gonna need to look into. Because um, I would say Eight-legged oh, yeah. freaks is B. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, what's the, what's the other one? Um, oh man, about the two. Two redneck, not redneck guys, but the woods guys. Tucker and Dale. Thank you. Yeah, Tucker and Dale were great. I I think that hit the right notes. It's just the ratings all wrong. It's all language. It's it's mainly language. There's there's some sexual references, but there's no nudity in Tucker and Dale. I don't think, um, from what I remember. But it is it's a lot of bad language. But you got Alan Tudyk, man, who's just so funny. Yes, that's just great. It's a great example for that kind of you know humor, horror humor. Yeah. Um, Corey, what are I, your... I would say even. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, um, I, was, I, was... I would. Go, go ahead. I was just before the thought left me. I would say even uh, Cabin in the Woods would fall into that too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Joss Whedon's sensibilities are uh, like just. Mm, oh yeah, very clear there. Um, Corey, uh, you're a horror fan, so what are your thoughts on Devil's Rejects? I never watched it because I too waited many many years for House of a Thousand Corpses to come out, and then. It was just a complete, utter disappointment. Now, just to clarify, it really was. Um, the characters in Devil's Rejects are the family from House of a Thousand Corpses. The uh, the the, the Firefly family. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now they did, he did, and on purpose, and I think it helps the Devil's Rejects. He did not go the Doctor Satan route because that would have added a kind of a air of hokiness. Yeah. Uh, he put it a lot better. He put it a lot more succinctly succinctly than i than i am i'm clumsy with it but uh it was the right choice yeah i agree um the doctors when dr satan showed up in the the first movie i was like what um yeah at that, like, point, at that point it's like oh it's like uh the adult version of home alone too yeah there was oh. there was enough going on like to not need dr satan to like speaking of before my, this other thought and i was thinking as you were talking about home alone too uh, not to get you in the Christmas spirit, but if you want to watch the grown-up version with the people actually dying from the traps, you need to watch The Collector and then The Collection. I've heard of those. Uh, I have a friend who's a fan of those films. Um, 
I I am also a fan. Something I'll have to check out. Um, let's move into uh, my number two, and that uh, works kind of well because this is the second time where I'm doing this. You have a horror film, and I'm going into a comedy. Um, this is again, it's not as good as the first one, but there's still a place in my heart where this movie has been watched many, many, many times. It's Wayne's World Two from 1993. Um, Dang. <laughs> one Christopher Walken. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> this might have been my first introduction to Christopher Walken as a kid because I did watch Wayne's World One and Two a lot as a kid, and because um, this was that was my Saturday Night Live, right? Like I watched Saturday Night Live with my mom, uh, with the cast that I, to me is the best cast ever, with you know Mike Myers, Adam Sandler, David Spade, Dana Carvey, uh, Chris Farley. Chris Rock. I mean, there were so many people that were just amazing, and Wayne's World was one of those sketches that I loved, and when the movie came out, I loved it, and then I saw the second one, and I didn't know who Christopher Walken was. He was great, though, in it. and then I didn't get half of the scenes in this movie that they're parodying from other films until recently. Like, I had never seen The Graduate till last year, and the whole wedding sequence at the end of Wayne's World 2 is, is a parody of The Graduate. I didn't know that, but I thought that scene was great. Now I think it's amazing, like because I I get all the parodies and I get what's happening, um, and then you know the whole um, there's so many little silly things in the movie that are just funny. If you like the characters, even though it's not as good as the first one, there's still some great stuff in it. Um, it's hard not to enjoy it, you know. So uh, I've watched it dozens of times. I still, if it's on, it's one that I'll end up watching um, over and over again just because I can't. I can't get enough of the Wayne's World property. I'm glad they stopped it too, though, because I think it would have tarnished if they had gone for a third one. But um, there's so much stuff in it that I just enjoy all the little jokes. Um, there are better jokes collectively in the first film, but there is just something to the second one um, that really works for me. And so it's on my list. It's my number two, Wayne's World 2. I need to watch this one again. I only remember bits and pieces of it, so I got to... Been year. Yeah. So you both have seen it, but not, not recently, huh? Right. I, I, we just watched the. I forget if John and Abby and I, but it, it, it's gotten so she started quote the game on. You know when they had to clear yeah, out. Game on. Road. Yeah. <laughs> Car. You know we. I forget what we were in the middle of, and it's just she's she started doing that, and just little bits and pieces we've watched of Wayne's World. But we, I don't think we watched it together all the way through. Well, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's a that's a tough thing to take such a small sketch because it did not last very long in SNL. No, as far as you know, the time frame, and take that to two films. Well, the, that's that's a tough thing. What they did right was they expanded on the premise because on the, yeah, the show yeah. we just had this little you know public access TV show that was the sketch, but now what's the rest of their world like? Who are these guys who have this show? And that's why it works so well. They they expanded out. They didn't just try to do a two-hour version of the sketch, you know, and that's where a lot of their other sketches fail. That's why The Roxbury's isn't a great movie. Sorry, Corey. Um, because, <laughs> you know, but yeah, to get two full movies that work with these characters, because they're interesting characters. They're, you know, I feel for them. I, I relate to them. I love their the dynamic of their friendship. Um, his relationship with Tia Carrera is, is very interesting in the first movie, and it continues in this film. Like, how does he... This guy who's now, you know, started to move, he's moved out of his parents' house. He's moved out of his basement. You know, he has like a loft type of, uh, like, more than a loft. I don't even know what to call his, uh, their apartment dwelling is very nice. And it's, 
there's actual character development in a comedy, and that's something that I really enjoy. A parody comedy, because a lot of their jokes are referencing other films and referencing pop culture. Um, and I don't know, like it's not as beloved as the first film, but it's still one that I enjoy very much. So that's why it's on my list. Need to watch it again. I have to say that. All right. Well, Corey, what is your number two? Okay, it's from this year. Oh, John Wick two. Ah, very nice. It's uh, that is on my honorable mentions. Okay. Um, I kind of went into uh, John Wick, the first one, a little apprehensively. I mean, it's Keanu uh, Reeves, and not necessarily the best actor, but I think that he plays this role so well, and um, I love this movie so much, and I think that also says something, because I generally avoid action movies. I love... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that can be a mistake. Um, There are some definitely bad ones, but there's some really great ones. Agreed. Um, And I love the ending, and I'm excited to see where the franchise goes. I hope that it doesn't overstay its welcome, though, because I really do enjoy them. And um, there, even for these, there are some really cheesy elements um, sometimes, but overall, I just really like them. And I think that they're really fun to see in the theaters, too, which is probably, you know, the case for most action movies, because bigger, better, louder. Yeah, that, definitely. Um, big screen for action is a good idea. Um, John Wick 2 was... Um, a good example of a sequel that heightens the first film. Like it, it's not better than the first film, but it takes it up a notch, and it it makes sense the way how it does it. Um, we do have a character who is be like you said, Keanu is not the best actor, but because he fits this character so well. Um, what? And, that was so unnecessary, man. And uh, the dynamic of the character, a character who is seemingly unca- you know incapable of change trying to change trying to move on trying to grow um it's really compelling to watch and it and again set with all the action pieces and everything else it is it's just a really good time at the movie um so i i it didn't make my my top 5 but it is an honorable mention feed me my dracula line man uh, and you and i we did this for an episode of movie club so you guys can go back and listen to that too. But I also liked the change that his character took in this film. Yeah. Also, like, he just totally went against what he had been doing the whole one and a half movies, you know? Yeah. So I enjoyed that also. Yeah, there's a big shocking twist at the end. Mike, I know you, you have, you've seen the first one, right? But you haven't seen the second one. I very hesitantly watched the first one. Only on its, uh, I think it was TNT or one of the cable networks Ooh. with commercials and everything, which is fine because that way I can watch it with the kids. Ah. But it, it, I was okay. I need to watch the uncut and, and, and I wish I'd watched it much earlier because, again, Keanu is uneven. I, when he's on, he is so on, and when he is off, he is, you know, you didn't feed me my Dracula. Line. What was the Dracula? Uh, in there, no. <laughs> Uh, I don't but, care what anybody says. Uh, I still love that movie. Um, do you know though? <laughs> I like it too. Can't but stop, it's easy won't to, stop. 
Atomic Hashtag. Blonde. Um, Atomic Blonde is directed by the same guy who did John Wick and John Wick. Oh, Luke it's gonna be fantastic! I um, need to watch that one. Then. That's a big screen then. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to get to see Atomic Blonde in the theater, um, especially after seeing John Wick one and two in the theater and loving both. Um, the action, I love the type of action and the way they shoot the action. Uh, it, it's just yeah, it was so frenetic and just worked so well. Yeah, it, it's really really great and. I'm not sure if Charlize Theron is doing the same thing that Keanu does, which is the, their own stunts. Keanu does 90% of his stunts, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Inferno. I am curious to see if, if it's going to have that same impact because it's one of the reasons they're able to shoot it the way they do is because you can see that it's him doing it. They don't have to cut away or like not show his face because it's the stuntman. It's Keanu. So, uh, Given her previous work, and I'm thinking Monster, I could totally see her doing this. I would have thought you'd pull yeah. Aeon Flux, but um, oh no, nobody wants that. All right, well, uh, you got to check out John Wick too. It is out on DVD now, or Blu-ray, or digital. Um, so I highly it recommend keeps it. Te- it keeps teasing me at the Redbox booth, and I just haven't. Just do it. Uh, yeah. yeah, do it, do it. Listen to our episode and then do it. What do you um, all got? Nike sc- <laughs> sponsorships or what? I I am a big supporter. I want some of that money. I want some of that I money. Too. I want. I just want John Wick to be appreciated. So um, now we now we owe them six thousand dollars for using their slogan. There's this really great uh, shootout with him in Common, the rapper Common. Um, oh yeah! It's so awesome. Like I, I'm not going to describe it. It's just an awesome scene. You'll know what it is when you see it. You'll be like, oh, that's what John was talking about. But um, all right, let's go to Mike's number two. What do you got, bub? This one was a little tricky as a pick for me because some may feel that this pick is the original in the whole franchise, and I would argue this is the second appearance of Hannibal Lecter. Oh, because he originally appeared in Michael Mann's adaptation of Red Dragon, which he named Manhunter. Man yep. Manhunter, yep. yes. And while it was not the beloved Anthony Hopkins that played him, but I thought Brian Cox did really well with... He was efficiently creepy, just not Anthony Hopkins level. He's a good actor. The Silence of the Lambs is my pick. So by that rationale, that's why I'm going. And 1991's is, uh, Silence of the Lambs is my number two pick. And to be fair, now, just to back you up, I saw that same thing on other people's lists. So you're not the only one who used that mindset. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, we're in the same universe, totally different actors, and People were stuck, and I even saw the question posed, where are there even the same actors? Barney, the guy that played Barney, was also in Manhunter. So I'm going with that. And I, <laughs> you know, if if people disagree with this choice, they're wrong. Because it's part of the, it, it was the second in the book. It made, um, well, in any case, the Red Dragon adaptation, and I'll go with he who must not be named. I think it was Brett Radner. Ratner directed it so that should be enough and i mean there's talent involved in it edward norton was it yeah and and, anyway so silence of the lambs is the entry that solidified hannibal lecter's name into the common parlance it got me going on a thomas harris novel kick for a while it even got me going back as far as black sunday which if you're not familiar with black sunday it was basically about a terrorist attack on the super bowl it's very eerie, and this was done in the 70s. The film was, I think, late 70s. It, uh, if I remember correctly, Richard Crenna, who played Colonel Troutman from First Blood and all the subsequent series. Uh, it, it's highly overlooked, but just wanted to mention that one. 
So numbers, this one's probably my highest rated, 95% fresh, 8.6 IMDb score. Oddly enough, no meta score, but that's okay. It doesn't need it. It's a classic. I don't really need to expound a whole lot on it. Uh, if you're a longer, a longer, a younger listener, uh, you definitely need to catch up on it. It's yeah. solid. You're not missing out. If you haven't watched Manhunter, that's fine. Uh, you can watch them out of order. It's it's because the Will Graham character, who was the highlight of the Hannibal TV series, which was really trippy and took its own take on the Thomas Harris property. Uh, Will P- William Peterson did very well. It, it was it had that Michael Mann Miami Vice kind of feel and vibe, which is so different than Demi's Silence of the Lambs. But and I, I this one, I I've tried. We've tried both Rachel and I've tried to get Abby, our oldest, to watch it. She refuses. I don't know why. I think she's scared, which Man. you know for good reason. Well, it's a scary premise, but it's. Um, I, I love Silence of the Lambs, and again, this is number two of your fo- uh, four so far that I've seen, so I only have to have seen your number one um, to be able to uh, hit my goal of three, but um, I really I really like this movie a lot. I've never seen Manhunter. I have seen Hannibal and Red Dragon, though. Um, and It would be an interesting comparison between Red Dragon and Manhunter, because you... It, you Going into Manhunter, you know the premise. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what your thought is on it. Yeah, and I've only seen, um, I think I've only seen Hannibal and Red Dragon once. I saw both of those in the theater, um, but I don't remember. I don't think I've ever. I tried to watch Hannibal a couple times on like TV, but it's it's so, it's so not as good as Silence of the Lambs. Um, so yeah, good, definitely a great pick. A uh, nice little loophole. Um, you know, making that a sequel versus having to pick Hannibal or Red Dragon, uh, to throw that on there. But, um, Corey, you said you've never seen Manhunter either. No, and I do. Um, I do love this movie, and I've talked about it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that's a great pick. I didn't really think about it. Well, it, that... having never seen Manhunter, it would be hard to. Uh, Oh, word. Think that way too. Like you're in your head, it starts a franchise. It's, you know, and Red Dragon falls into the prequel category as a result. Um, but if you follow it in that way, Manhunter, Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and then pretend like Red Dragon never occurred. Um, <laughs> like Mike has, uh, there you go. You got it. All right. Well, we are at our number one, people. Are you guys ready? Yep. All right. So my number one is a movie that, uh, it kind of retcons the first film. So the first film's there. <laughs> um, you watch it. You you enjoy the first film for what it is. And then several years go by. And they go to do the second one. And I'm not sure exactly why um, this is why they made the changes. But they change a lot. They change a whole bunch. And Evil Dead 2 from 1987. Um I had this on my list and I took it off and put it in honorable mention. Mm. I thought you were going on with one of the X-Men. Ah, I could have for sure, but I said no comic book movies. Um, I loved Evil Dead 2 so much the first time I watched it um, because it is, it is in my head, one of the first horror comedies that I ever saw. Um, it's probably not, but it's one that when I think of horror comedies, it stands out because the first film scared me like a lot like when i watch evil dead one 
it freaks me out. Like the 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 woman in the cellar is so scary. Um, and then when you watch the beginning of Evil Dead Two, they retcon things like it's only him and his girlfriend that went to the cabin rather than all of their friends. Um, you know, she dies. The same that kind of stuff happens. And yet now there's so many funny parts and Bruce Campbell becomes Ash, the Ash that we think of when we think of Evil Dead, the one who has the series on stars, um, the one who goes back in time for Army of Darkness. And it, it really happens here. So it's an interesting movie because they don't they don't destroy the first film. They retcon it and they change the tone a bit. The, the first film's got a little <clears throat> bit of humor, but it's like really dark and twisted humor from the demon, not from the, the humans. The demon's the one cracking jokes and being, like, creepy scary. Um, here, Ash is you know, fighting his own hand and, you know, like, uh, getting the chainsaw hand, which is cool as crap. You know, um, it's such a classic director. It's one of the only Sam Raimi films that I still like. A lot of his films, I like the first viewing and then I can't stand it, the second and third and fourth and fifth and talking about Spider-Man movies. Um, and... This movie still holds up. It's one that I think every every horror fan should see, every horror comedy fan should see, and really just comedy fans. It is so great. There's so much about it that I love. Um, it's got a 69 Metacritic, 7.8 user rating, and it was easy. In fact, I think uh, this was immediately put at number one. It never moved because um, when I think of sequels, I love what this one did for the series. Like it made it possible to be a sequel. And I mean, the, the story of the first movie of like how they were just a group of friends. They went in the woods, made a super low budget indie horror film. And then six years later we get evil dead two and it just works. Um, so great. And again, it's t 30 years later, but that's crazy. I just realized it was the, you know, 30 years ago. Um, it still holds up. It's still a great movie. And, uh, it's my number one sequel. Groovy, because it's just so yeah. It's it's a fantastic. I need to watch this one again. I I would like to see the reboot, but I worry about it. I know I probably shouldn't, and that's part of why I haven't. Because this one's just so. And I'm a big fan of Army of Darkness, or as mm -hmm. I I prefer to call it, Medieval Dead. Yeah, I like that. that. So, um, I like that title actually, but. Um, Corey made me watch the, uh, the reboot when she was here the first time, I think, um, visiting the first time I should say. And it's not, it's not bad. I did. It's nowhere near. I love it. Yeah. The first, the real evil dead is way better, but, um, they, they, mm, there's things I don't like about it. Uh, yeah, but, uh, the first, uh, the trilogy in general, and I've only seen two episodes of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. I really need to go back and watch them since I have stars. Um, I just haven't, but I, I am a big fan of the franchise. Um, Army of Darkness has a lot more of the the campy comedy from Evil Dead 2, but Evil Dead 2, I love the combination of the horror and uh, comedy. And also, I think that uh, the whole reason I had was going to put this on my list is um, Bruce Campbell is pretty much beating himself up. Yeah in this movie and it's hilarious big time um so when his hand is possessed so i yeah. think that's such a great scene yeah it he's he's tremendous in this film and it really is like a one-man show um he's alone 90 percent of this movie and 
he he kills it um it's just so great it's also a relatively short movie it's under an hour and a half and that's that's a positive that's a great thing you know sometimes the movie uh dwells on itself for too long uh no they 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 hit this everything about this movie is pretty great um i love it and uh even the tagline i just read kiss your nerves goodbye um that's a weird (laughs) tagline but it works um all right uh let's move into uh Corey's number one what do you got no surprise i chose also from this year t2 train spotting um i loved it so much i'm my biggest regret is that i only got to see it in theaters once um i had a goal of a minimum of twice two times but um did we need a sequel to train spotting probably not but i'm super glad that we got one um, I was super nervous about this movie because it's been 20 years since the first one, but this was absolute gold. I think that it went beyond my expectations, so far beyond what I could have even, you know, dreamed of. And uh, again, with the soundtrack, nail on the head, so great. And we get um, we get lust for life again in this movie, and it's just the timing for that is so perfect. I just the whole time I was in my seat, I was so happy. And when I got up to leave, it, I was just so satisfied. It was just so great. Um, so if anyone has been waiting to see that one, wait no longer. And I would actually say if you like the first one, just buy the second one. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd second that. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, yet another sequel from this year that I didn't mention earlier when I was talking about all the sequels that have come out this year. Um, it was, it's definitely a really well-made movie. It, if you're a fan of the first film, I definitely think you'll enjoy the second one. Um, honestly, this is, I think, one of my oldest lists. Uh, the the newest movie was um, from 2014, I think, and I'm not even remembering what that one is right now. But uh, pulling that up. Um, yeah, uh, Purge. Uh, everything else has been from the 90s except for Evil Dead 2, which is 87. So, um, one of my older lists, because a lot of my movies seem to be more recent, and that's that, you know, what you've seen recently sticks out when you're, when you're thinking of the list. Um, and I went, I went digging for this one. Um, and again, excluding comic book movies from my list, uh, definitely helped, um, because comic book movies, while they've been around since we talk about like Richard Donner, Superman, or, uh, Tim Burton's Batman, they've been around for 40 plus years. But in the last 20 years, they've been a glutton. You know, we have so many superhero movies. And like Mike said, uh, he expected an X-Men franchise coming up a minute ago. Um, There are nine total X-Men related films, not counting Deadpool. Um, And Deadpool would make 10. So, uh, you know, just that's just the X-Men. And that's not even getting in all the other ones. So um, I really... uh, I really like T2, but it, it didn't even pop up on my radar when I was thinking about best sequels. Not because it's not great. It is great. It just... I, I think I was looking to the past for a change. And, Mike, you've not seen uh, it yet, right? Yeah, so I have not... I, I'm sh- I don't know that I would have included it on my list, but I've been wanting to see it. Definitely one not to watch with the kids around. Um, what? No! It's not as bad as the first one, though, for sure. As far as that, like the content goes, there's still bad stuff, but it's not as bad as what you got in uh, the first movie with the drugs and then the toilet swimming and the sex. Um, but it's still it's still relevant. There's still stuff that you don't want your kids to witness. Um, 
it's just I'd say it's spread out a little more. But um, yeah, good pick, Corey. I totally and not surprising, like you said, because it's Danny Boyle. Um, I'm not, I'm a little surprised it wasn't 28 weeks later, although not. But that's on my honorable mention. Ah, well, I tried to not in movies. But yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, Mike, what is your uh, number one, bud? Well, it's funny you talk talk about going to the past. Am I from the past? Because mine is from 1969. Uh, 6.8 IMDb meta. Uh, I'm sorry, IMDb score, no meta score, and I don't know that I missed the Rotten Tomatoes score. I might have to look that up. Um, and I will preface it by saying, this never happened to the other fellow. No. It's a Bond, no? Bond movie. Yes, it is. Uh. And without without my wife's prompting. This one is actually one of her favorites, and it's become mine as well. I almost went with the 80s one that I saw at the theater called uh, Never Say Never Again, which is the only non-canon uh, Bond film, because oh. I don't believe it was it was done by the Broccolis. Uh, I, but my choice is 1969's On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the only one that had George Lazenby. The poor guy couldn't catch a break. And he knew uh, – it's almost like he knew because that line, that part, and this never happened to the other fellow, kind of was a throwaway to that. Uh, you know, this didn't happen to Sean Connery. Uh, Diana Rigg, who eventually went on to play in the British series The Avengers ah. and also uh, Game of Thrones, I believe, currently. Uh, so you get to see the gamut of emotions. It, it was – and maybe that's a problem. Maybe that's why people had difficulty with this Lazenby's James uh, portrayal of James Bond because he was human. You know, he, he stuff didn't work out for him, and he didn't. And yes, he eventually, and this is a major spoiler, he eventually married the Contessa, and then she's murdered because this is at the end by yeah. Blofeld, and. And there's a nod to it in other, not every single Bond film, but whenever he's visiting a grave, that's whose grave he's going to. There's acknowledgement. Uh, at the very least, I know Roger Moore had one where he visited, and I don't recall if Timothy Dalton did or not. And that was a that was difficult too, because The Living Daylights, while it wasn't the best, the villain shares my last name, so I'm like, yeah, oh, but it doesn't really represent the family very well, so. Um, <laughs> uh, I there's something uh, Telly Savalas, Diana Rigg, George Lazenby. It just it's just seemed like a natural. This is why I was really excited about Daniel Craig, and I mean the the guy is built. I mean Homeboy is like this whoa kind of Bond, but he has also very kind of you know he gets hurt, uh, and it just kind of humanized him more. It's like whoa okay he's not invincible mm. and that may be too much may have been too much for people in the 60s they weren't ready for their their james bond to be that way he should have just been the womanizing and yeah there are problems with the character he's not perfect but i don't know he stuck with me and this particular one did it was just uh, i need to just buy it i've never owned it and we can have it just so i know i can have it and put it on whenever so whenever it's on i do try to watch it yeah i just enjoy it I have seen all of the Craig uh, James Bonds. Um, I ha I think I saw one or two of Pierce Bronson's. I own all 
three of Bronson's? Did he do three or four? Um, I own whatever. Uh, I can't do. remember. Um, I liked him at first, and then I'm like, okay, we're done with this. Yeah, and I have not seen. I've seen some and I'm of a the Pierce other ones. Brosnan fan. I, I mm. like him. I, I'm a big Remington Steel fan, mm. and that's why I was like, even back then, thought he needed to have been on it. But well, I I, I know I saw like Goldfinger when I was a kid, um, and I saw a couple of the other ones, but I I know I've missed many of the James Bond films. Um, my grandpa was a big fan. <laughs> And that's where I saw the ones that I had seen, but I was never, never a huge fan uh, as a kid. Like they did. Oh, that's not good. Um, they they never really interested me. Um, and even like the Daniel Craig ones, I was very late to getting into. And I I do I enjoy Casino Royale a lot, and I really like Skyfall. I don't remember enjoying Quantum of Solace, but I also don't remember the movie very well. And then uh, Spectre was super disappointing. Um, I was really, really devastated by how lackluster Spectre was because I wanted it to be great because of Christoph Waltz. Um, but I've never seen Her Majesty's Secret Service, which means I've only seen two of your five movies and I didn't meet my goal of three. Um, I win. Corey, did you see two of his? Nope. Oh, man. So, yeah, you did win. Man. You stumped us again. I stumped you both with sequels sequels of all things i was so close man so close i was really i was honestly expecting evil dead 2 to be on your list uh you kind of crushed me that it, it wasn't it didn't even make honorable mentions wow it's, it's great it's fantastic it's just uh, hey horror there's a lot for, uh, of all people me uh, horror is you know that's in my blood so i'm kind of surprised i didn't pick it yeah well let's get into those honorable mentions um I've got a couple that I'll mention, um, and then we'll go to Corey and then Mike, and then we'll wrap up. Um, I I do have X Men Two, um, the X Two uh, on my list. I love the opening sequence so much with Nightcrawler, um, Predator Two. Honestly, it's been a long time since I've seen either Predator or Predator Two, but I remember enjoying Predator Two more, mainly because I like Danny Glover a whole lot. Um, I also thought it was cool seeing him in the city. Um, I don't know why. I just really like that, so it made my list. Um, I had a Harry Potter movie on my honorable mentions, The uh, Prisoners of Azkaban, um, which is my favorite of the Harry Potters, I think. Uh, and Captain America Winter Soldier, I thought was such a great sequel. Um, I like First Avenger. I love Winter Soldier. I think Winter Soldier is such a great movie. Um, and, yeah, th those are my honorable mentions. So we got another static thing going. Um, Corey, what do you got? I only had uh, Prometheus and 28 Weeks Later and Evil Dead 2. Okay, so uh, Prometheus, I'm surprised wasn't on your list. But that would have been a prequel. Oh, word. And so I'm glad it's not on your list because um, I would have given you crap. But, uh, all right. Well, then, <laughs> What's new? Uh, Mike, what is your... Um, oh, I, you know what? She's left <laughs> out. She, she should be have given been given a lot more just on the non-viewing of Back to the Future Part 3. Yeah, I can't so, get over that. Which is on my honorable <laughs> mentions list. Uh, on, uh, Back to the Future Part 3, Star oh, nice. Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Living Dead, it was tough not including it in the main, Aliens, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and my last one, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. I consider Road Warrior. All tough to leave off. 
I, I oh, honestly so tough to leave off. wanted to put Fury Road, but I don't know that it's a sequel. Um, I've heard that as it's a reboot. a reboot. Yeah, and so, yeah. but Miller, I swear he he doesn't claim it's a um, it's a reboot. I think it's still in the same world. But I do want to point out um, now that you mentioned reboots, uh, our our episode last week was reboots, and I I commented on how Jurassic World rebooted the franchise and that it kept the first movie, but the second and third were wiped out. Um, my friend who is uh, one of my regular moviegoers who is a, a listened to one of our podcasts. I don't know how often he listens, but he listened to last week's episode. Um, and he is a huge Jurassic Park fan, uh, fan. Like I am too, but he is like up there. Like he he loves the Jurassic Park movies. The he has like a lot of the collectibles and stuff. And called me out on my comment and that the director um, has gone on record saying that he has not completely said that Lost World and Jurassic Park three hasn't happened. Um, and there might be those two films might be addressed in the upcoming sequel to Jurassic World um, next year. If I'm not mistaken, um, not 100 percent that they will be, but there is a chance that there will be some references to what happened in those two films. Um, so not necessarily a true reboot like I thought uh, for Jurassic World, although not 100 percent. Not a reboot to be a little redundant there, but um, just wanted to bring that up since he, he messaged me and called me out on it. I wanted to make that a uh, little correction from last week. Hey, that's cool. We get some recognition. Too bad we can't name him by name. I, I if I had cleared uh, it first, I would, but I didn't, so I don't want to just throw his name out there. But that that would call for a do, a donation to the Patreon. Um, <laughs> uh, the, according to Reddit, seven hours ago, Charlize Theron says that the script for Mad Max prequel Furiosa is ready to go. Ooh, that's an interesting find. I love her find. so much. Yeah. So uh, just agreed. That um, should be. I am intrigued. Take my money. Yep. Yeah. Especially if George Miller is involved. Um, I'm totally absolutely. In. Um, well, all right, guys. Uh, good episode this week. Uh, if you are a listener new, um, welcome. If you hopefully you enjoy the episode, we ask that you share it on your social media. Tell people about us. Help spread the word about Burke Reviews Top Five Movies. Um, Corey and I also do another podcast on the same uh, subscription. So if you're on Burke Reviews podcast called Movie Club, where we watch um, a, a movie that w at least one of us has never seen or we have not seen very much and um, we review it. And this coming week, uh, this pa well, let's do the past week. We watch Delicatessen, which is currently available on Netflix. Um, and next week coming up, we're watching uh, a new horror anthology, which is also on Netflix called XX. Um, four female directors made four short horror films, and they're all mixed together. Um, we're going to be watching and reviewing that this week on Movie Club. Um, we'd love to hear your top five uh, sequels. What do you think um, are your five favorite sequels? You can tweet at us. I am at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey, our star, two R's on the end. And Mike? At Server Monkey, if you're really groovy. Or you can leave a comment on our website, BurkeReviews.com, or on our Facebook page, or, you know, our SoundCloud page, if you're listening to this straight from SoundCloud. Um, anywhere uh, you can reach out to us, tell us your list. Um, it's really fun for us to see what you guys think. Um, if you look, guys, if you go to our BurkeReviews.com and you look at last week's episode, Aaron, one of our listeners, did uh, post his top five uh, movie reboots, um, or movies that should be rebooted, I should say. Um, so... You know, just something to keep up with if you're not looking at the site regularly. Um, thanks for listening, guys. I, thanks for giving me your time. 
Absolutely. What okay. were you? Peace okay. out, guys. I was going to say, uh, oh. I was going to, I was just going to think, I mean, that's awesome that Aaron, because he does that regularly, and I'm glad he's back on it. Yep, like, me and too. Every, and every once in a while, when I post pictures, people comment their own. I mean, we welcome that, because sometimes we miss some. Yeah, and I like to hear, like, one of the reasons I love having you on the podcast, Mike, is hearing the movies that I've never seen. Um, Corey and I seem to have a lot of times we have overlap. This was a rare episode where we had no overlap at all. Um, and, like, usually you, you bring movies that I've never even heard of, like Palindromes this week. Um, and I, I like that's how I find new content is hearing about new movies. So when our listeners do that, it's great. I love, um, you know, and, of course, if you like the same stuff that we like, that's great, too. There's nothing wrong with that. But I love hearing about other films that I've never maybe heard of or maybe I've heard of, but I've heard negative things. So I'd love to hear somebody fight for the other side because most of the time, um, and a, a very common quote is nobody sets out to make a bad movie. So, you know, hearing someone who liked a film, it's nice to, to hear that defense rather than always the negative. Um, yeah. So with that, uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Thanks everybody. Let's just get the DeLorean ready and get the hell out of here.